Today, Vincenzo is not going to be available due to holiday festivities. So instead, Dr. B and I are going to do a, a review on Eldritch Horror. So yes, the inmates have taken over the asylum. That's a good way to put it, yeah. <laughs> We've both played the game twice now. Um, it releases this week. I think it retails for 60 And I will say that the, the product you get is well worth the, the money. I mean... The, the pieces are all quality, you get tons of stuff. The only thing they really shortchanged you on was the dice. They give you four really non-Chessex black dice that really are crappy. Yeah. And, and you're going to need, like, at least six or eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, the, the new art, though, makes the $60 tag really worth it since they made all new art for all the tokens and everything. The, the tokens, the characters... Like, because they're using characters that they've take that they've had in Elder Sign and also Arkham, Arkham Heart. Four. I always want to say Asylum because you know Batman. But so there's some some similar characters. I think they might have had a couple new ones. I don't. I haven't played the other games long enough to recognize every character. I haven't played Arkham Horror enough to recognize every character in that game. I played it yeah. twice, and that took ten years. So yeah. <laughs> But in any case, the, the it's from Fantasy Flight Games, just to make that put out there. And it's not a bad game, the premise being that you're given this huge board that represents the world, and you are investigators from one investigator to eight investigators, jotting around the globe, trying to stop some Elder One from coming up and destroying the world or enslaving the population, or some form of apocalypse. We, we played both times we played... Yagathoth? Yeah, yeah. They played against Yagathoth, who is the one that they recommend you do immediately. Mainly because he's got the uncomplicated condition. If he's summoned, the game ends. <laughs> Everyone's devoured. Um, we played twice, and both times, like, this, this game is marketed as kind of a streamlined version of Arkham Horror, and that's complete bullshit. Well, the setup is slightly streamlined, but other than the setup... Everything else plays exactly as long as Arkham Horror would. And the setup is only slightly streamlined because there's virtually nothing to put on the board. You do it all during the yeah, game. You, you still have the thousand card decks that you have to shuffle. Just nothing starts on the board. And like, and they, they recommend, I believe part of their streamlined process is just putting all those little individual tokens that you're going to anally separate into one bag. Yeah. <laughs> Which we anally separated anyway because, well... We're gamers. I'm a gamer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this the setup is a little quicker. The playthrough is, let's see, the first night we started to play around 8, and I kicked everyone out of 11 without actually technically having finished. Although we were dead in the water anyway, because you had technically died, and Vinny had lost interest in continuing with that yes. character. That is, at 11 o'clock, Vincenzo and I were about ready to kill each other. So it's like Monopoly in that way. If you play long enough, you will kill your co-players. And I had just lost all of my sanity or something like that in the last roll. So. No, it was pretty wrecked. The second time, I didn't technically play it. I played the board because we had six players, and I felt like a seventh player wouldn't add anything to the game. So I just I played the board and got to read all the mythos cards and everything that was going bad with everyone. It was and, really fun. And, and torment the other players around the table going, you know you want to do this. Oh, sure. It was brilliant <laughs> playing devil's advocate. Like, 
You don't want to give that item to him. You want that item. Take it. Use it. That should be the rules. There should be a uh, um, an eighth player or a ninth player option where somebody just plays evil the entire game. <laughs> Let me tell you, evil is its own reward. In any case, so we had six players. We had one death during that game. Dying is not easy in this game. You actually have to commit. Well, or never waste your action resting. I mean, you can... It's easier to recover in this game than in really either of the other two Cthulhu-themed games because you can just go, well, I'm going to rest here, and as long as there aren't any monsters, you get a sanity and a health back. Exactly. Um, it, yeah, like, the monsters are a little better than Arkham Horror because when they're on your space at the end of your turn, you have to fight them. But you don't have to fight them if you're just passing through yeah, you can run from them or run past them. <laughs> but you, in order to close a gate, which these gates are popping over and releasing monsters, there's probably a monster on and you're probably going to have to fly the monster. So that in that, it's much the same as the first game. This is not a sequel. I do strongly suspect that there will be additional cards. Um, the one thing they definitely had right, and I, I think you'll agree with me with this, is they had the theme dead to rights. Yeah, well, of the three of them, this one is a nice kind of mid, mid-range. mid It still has the theme you get in Arkham Horror, but it's a little more... You feel like you have a little more control in what you're doing, much more similar to um, Elder Sign, because you're, you can build your character role-playing-wise and get new abilities and things like that, and... Uh, the equipment and stuff, so you can you can always choose like, well, I'm gonna run from this monster instead of fighting it, or uh, I'm obviously the toughest, so I'm gonna go fight these monsters, that kind of thing. And I don't know if this is the same as in Arkham Horror, because again, I haven't played it much, but I really felt like the character abilities really delivered in this game, like they really helped. I really like the uh, the fact that the setup isn't random for your characters in this, unlike in Arkham Horror, like. Um, you start with equipment, but it's equipment appropriately themed for your character. Like, my martial artist had uh, a protection medallion and a lucky lucky rabbit's foot. Uh, in Arkham Horror, you're kind of given random starting equipment. And Elder Sign, you know, get random spell. Yeah. Get random relic. Elder Sign does that too. And But in Arkham Horror, you can wind up with something completely useless, or even worse than that, Something that draws monsters to you, which is a terrible thing to have as a starting component. I was like, when we're talking about the characters and starting with specific equipment, the character sheets were just beautiful. Like, they had the nice picture, they were laid out well. If you flipped it over, and you were allowed to, there's some hidden information in the game, but this isn't one of them. It would tell you what items you started with, and it would tell you declaring it. So, like, there were times where you'd start with a henchman, and be like, under items to declare on your passport... Strong ally. <laughs> and like, okay, so now yeah. we're entering into slave labor. Ally muscle. My property. <laughs> but the other thing that I found really fun was that if you went insane or died, like through physical death, you would take your character to the nearest city, knock him on his side, flip your thing over, and put all the items on it so that other players could go to that spot and use you as an encounter. And it would depend on whether you went insane or whether you died as to what kind of encounter it was. 
Yeah, that that's true. The fact that you can scavenge the body of your fallen allies is a, is a rather unique to this one. Also, the fact that this game doesn't rely on gathering trophies, which is something that both of the other games rely heavily on. Absolutely. Um, like, you don't have to... When you defeat a monster, you just defeat the monster and it goes away off the board. You don't then carry the carcass around for points so that you can turn it in to get stuff. You can just get stuff by shopping or by completing tasks. Yeah, and killing a monster is really its own reward. A lot of times we had characters who got benefits from that because of items or allies or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, the, um, the ally gil- uh, lodge researcher that I had in both games. Every time I killed a monster, basically the lodge researcher looked it over and told me something about it, so I got a clue token. It was incredibly useful. (laughs) That was a problem I had with the game, though, was that the clue tokens. Now, the first game, um, I misread the rules and wasn't putting out enough in the beginning of the game. Yeah, But we we caught up with that pretty quickly. But the problem I had with it is clue tokens, as per normal, uh, except in Elder Simon, where they're more powerful... Clue tokens will allow you to spend them and re-roll a die. Yeah, a single die, not all of your dies. Right. But that really, if you're ever using a clue token for that, you're using it incorrectly. It sends the one character that can spontaneously generate clue tokens, so actually, like, uh, um, has the ability to, like, generate a clue token and then use it to re-roll and then generate a new clue token as another action. Because Um, he doesn't... As long as he doesn't have, have a clue, a clue token, token, he can spontaneously can make a one. clue token. But other, well, they were used for. Um, they're, they're used to complete the mysteries that you have to complete to to defeat the monster. So in order to defeat or prevent the the god from being summoned, you have to complete three mysteries before the doom track counts down. Um, if he's summoned, you flip the monster over, and if the monster doesn't immediately kill you like it does with uh, Azathoth. Um, you then can still defeat it, but you have to complete an extra mystery, so you'd have to finish four of them. And therefore, like, the clue tokens and that, we were stretched to the limits. Even in the game where they had the spontaneous clue generator, yeah. they were really pushing it to get there. Now, they had a comfy amount to where they could complete these tasks. However, they really couldn't afford to spend them on rolls. Yeah, also, large chunks of the, uh, um, uh, the Mythos cards, which are the cards that happened every time a turn ended, or every time a round ended, where everybody's turns ended, um, would ask you to turn in a certain number or something terrible happened. Um, and uh, that can really, like, that really kind of stressed us at the end of the game, particularly the second time we played. We were doing math calculations to figure out if we could win before he was summoned and prevent the bad thing from happening in the mythos. Which, for me, is the sign of a good game. Like, I, like games are really, truly, like, hit me. When you start being having to calculate, like, Pandemic, where you're just like, alright, can we cure the world? And three turns, go. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it certainly has that element. Uh, I, I really kind of like this kind of blend between... Um, uh, between the kind of thematic games um, where it keeps the theme, but it still kind of has that edge-of-your-pants kind of thing that I get from Elder Sign in that you're, like, you're rolling the die, and if it just doesn't come up the right number, that can be the end of your character. 
same thing here. Like, in fact, the last roll really, like, the last fight came down to one roll. If I failed that roll, we were dead. Because the next round, he, he was going to be summoned. This brings up an interesting point. We, the game is, I reluctantly use the term Ameritrash, and that it is definitely themed towards Lovecraftian mythos, and it has a high rate of rolling probability. It is theme heavy and role play heavy, yeah. I mean, and it does, uh, it does often come down to a roll of the dice, although it is not quite completely random because how many dice you get to roll depends on your like you know your character's strengths and weaknesses so you can kind of gauge what you want to engage in uh, and you can do things to increase your character's abilities to do them with, with gear or training and things like that and absolutely we actually discovered something that Vincenzo doesn't know yet the second night which was on the board under each city there's a little thing that says increase um Oh, crap, what were some of the abilities? Increase your willpower. Yeah, increase or... will or strength. And I couldn't figure out, I'm like, is there a gem there? Do you spin an action? There's nothing in the rules. So we had one of our players have the stroke of brilliance when he's playing. He's just like, I, I think that's the type of encounter you encounter specifically at that place. So then we started looking at the encounters with that in mind, and we're like, son of a bitch, you're right. And realizing that, like, yeah, like, underneath, um, uh... Underneath Arkham, it actually says, like... Increase uh, No, it was draw a spell card. Oh, right, right, right. And, like, every time I camped at Arkham, I wound up with a new spell card when I would do the encounter. And it just never occurred to me that that's what it's telling you, is that most of the cards will give you this if you succeed. Now, um, I'm just going to state this out right now. Vincenzo has gone on the record as saying... That he is not the biggest fan of this game. It was too long for him, and he started getting bored with the mechanics. There, his opinion is done. We'll move on. My opinion was that I I love the theme, and the theme forgives any number of sins, and this game did not have that many sins. It was too long, absolutely. It needed about an hour cut off of it. Yeah, I have a similar kind of opinion. I much prefer this to Arkham Horror, which I have always described as a Lovecraft pachinko machine where I feel like I have no control over what's happening to my character other than I move here and see if he dies. Um, the, uh, uh, this one is much more thematic and much more strategic, and I felt like I was playing a really fun game. It is probably about an hour too long <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, but, like, I mean... Even within that, like, there were points where it was starting to get boring, but then at the end of the game, when it all came down to a single role and everybody's watching the one character who has to make that role, it was really kind of exciting. <laughs> that was that, and one of my favorite things, which is a, both a strength and a weakness for this game, is that both times we played, we saw enough different things, and there were enough different players, where when you'd pull an encounter card, or you pull a mythos card, or whatever, and you'd read it, and it was... It was a good read, and, like, it would either be funny or a little creepy, and it was... That flavor contributed so much to this game. That said, there were very small groupings of cards. I could easily see how, you, if you played this a lot, you'd get bored until there was a, an expansion. Right, and we did actually have that problem, is that the generic city cards... 
Or so every time you stop at a place and there's no monster or portal, you have to take an encounter card for the area or a generic one if you're not in a specific area. Um, the generic city cards started to repeat. <laughs> Definitely. Because we we just camped at generic cities so often. And they went through all of the the second game with six players. They went through quite handily all of the clue token cards, like the investigation yeah. cards, and to the point where, like, if randomness worked out so that they were in a different place when they pulled the same card, it'd be a different thing. But it usually didn't. Yeah, but that also being said, like, there were certain cards, like the Expedition cards, that I think we played all of one. Yeah, we never really went there. And the first game we didn't go there because, like, three monsters dogpiled on that place with the gate. That's the same reason why the second one we didn't go there either. The first time there was a gate and three monsters and we just never went there. The second time I went there the first time and it moved the clue, it moved the expedition token, but then like one of the nastiest monsters popped up there and since there was not a gate there, we just kind of left it there and didn't do anything about it. So, so that said and done, my final opinion on the game is that it's, it's worth the price, the replayability will be low, but because it's Fantasy Flight games, they're going to put out expansions to increase your replayability. That said, they're going to put out expansions. And they're going to be expensive. And it's going to be a machine that never ends. So I would recommend it if you are a Lovecraft fan. Um, I'm going to wait on it until I can see some price dips. Because eventually someone's going to have it on sale. And that's when I'll snatch it up. But it's worth it if you have friends that will play with you. The solo play version was basically them saying, play the game solo. You know what? You might want two characters. Do that instead. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, my final verdict is pretty much similar. Um, If you're a Lovecraft fan, this is a great game. Especially if you don't particularly like Arkham Horror because you don't feel like you have enough control over what's happening. Um... If you're not a Lovecraft fan, then it's probably gonna get a, it's probably not the game for you because there is still the random chance of like you're gonna camp somewhere and get attacked by a monster. Um, but sixty points, the sixty bucks is not a bad price point for it. Uh, you might want to wait till it goes on sale. And I do agree that it's Fantasy Flight, so much like with Arkham Horror, this is this is a long haul game. They're gonna release expansions to it. Which will forever, yeah. Hopefully, make it so like uh, uh, make it so that the game doesn't get dull. But you're gonna keep having to pump money into the game. <laughs> I, I do think that if they're smart, the expansions are gonna be nice little card packs. Like here's twenty new generic cards and like ten of each other thing, and you know, stick a twenty or thirty dollar price point on it and just throw it at you. Here's a pack of five new monsters and five new yeah encounters, something like that. Yeah. No, that's that's not bad. I mean, there's really very little they can do with the board as far as, like, uh, adding much more to it. But, like, yeah, if they were smart, they'd just release, like, smaller, lower price point, like, here's a pack of encounter cards to give you new city encounters. Something like that. Alright, well, until Vincenzo decides to rejoin me, that's all geeks considered. We'll talk to you all next time.
Yeah.